What's up, everyone? That's right. It is time. College football predictions week four, although week one for some teams. I am your host, Matthew McLaughlin, and I will give you five big games to keep an eye on between the 130 or excuse me, the 12 o'clock window and the 3.30 windows when these games are expected to kick off. So let's just jump into it. I'm going to give you some of my picks, big storylines, and let's go. In the 12 o'clock window, we have number five, Florida versus Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's big debut. He's expected to have a two-quarterback system, actually, for Ole Miss this week with sophomores John Reese Plumley and Matt Corral. Corral, excuse me if I mispronounce your name. Both expected to get snaps this week. Plumley was a huge part of the offense last year, rushing for over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. But he struggled with his arm and struggled in the passing game a little bit. So they brought in Matt Corral. Again, Corral uh, threw for over 1,300 yards with six touchdowns and three interceptions last year. I mean, Ole Miss is definitely an exciting program to get behind. There definitely be a couple of people's darling picks to shock some people uh, later on down the line. But I think it's too early. I think it's going to be rough for Lane Kiffin's system to get going right away. I mean, Ole Miss does have four returners on the offensive line. But still, I mean, I'm very hesitant to believe that they're going to turn around that quickly, the offense, and really just get going. Um I mean, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, as much as I would like to pick Ole Miss, I'm going to have to go with Florida in this game. Dan Mullen brings back a good portion of uh, starters from last year. UF ranked 16th in passing last year at 300 yards per game. I would expect this to be similar uh, type of offense, similar uh, output as last year. But I think mental mistakes on defense will be key for Florida. I think they tend to get out of their passing lanes. We saw that last year. They got out of their passing lanes, and they were uh, over-pursuing at some points. But, you know, I think they're going to clean some of that up this year. I won't. I don't think with COVID-shortened training camps, it's going to be uh, very smooth transitions. But I expect Florida to win this game. My prediction, University of Florida 28, Ole Miss 25 field goal. I think it's going to be a close game. And if anyone can bring the offense against this Florida defense, Lane Kiffin's your guy. Moving on to another game in the 12 o'clock window, number 23, Kentucky versus number eight, Auburn. This is a showstopper, a big headliner, one of the headliners in a great slate of games this week. Uh, Mark Stoops' Kentucky returns quality depth really at every position. Senior quarterback Terry Wilson comes back after injuries really destroyed the quarterback room for Kentucky last year but somehow they made the offense work they had three straight games of 400 plus rushing yards but the key was with Lynn Bowden Jr. at quarterback we're going to see how that changes with Terry Wilson and at quarterback this year but I would expect an explosive offense I think Terry Wilson can offer you some of that running game but I think he's going to do a lot more of his damage through the air this year and I think he's going to be excited. He's going to be eager to prove a lot of people wrong this year. As for Auburn, Bo Nix is going to be a big key for this offense. He showed some flashes where he can improve as a true freshman, but he does have uh, to improve consistently. He needs to provide that consistent basis for Gus Malzahn and Auburn's offense he threw for six touchdowns or excuse me not six 16 touchdowns and six interceptions which shows that he can get the ball in the end zone and not be a terrible 
uh, liability with turnovers wise, but he only completed 58% of his passes last year and the O-line ranked at number 28, according to pro football focus last year. I mean, I think a big key is going to be how Bo Nix improves as a passer consistently, not necessarily going for deep balls a whole lot, but just getting the ball out quick sometimes if you need to, or just calling a couple more run plays, a couple more check downs. Um, but I would expect this game to be a high-scoring game. The thing to consider for Auburn is Seth Williams. Seth Williams is a huge wide receiver prospect. I mean, he had 59 receptions last year for 830 yards and eight touchdowns, about as productive as you can get on the college level. Um, I think that Kentucky will uh, apply pressure defensively, and it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Auburn handles that. And these defenses, these defensive units are much tighter than you think. Kentucky ranked number 14 last year and Auburn ranked number 17 uh, last year defensively. And the difference was only about a tenth of a point, I believe. Uh, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that rolls over uh, into this year. With that being said, I expect Kentucky to pull off an upset here. I think that Terry Wilson is going to take Auburn by surprise. Uh, and I got Kentucky 35, Auburn 30. You can stamp it. Um, and I think that Bo Nix is going to struggle. And I think Kentucky is going to take advantage offensively. Moving on to the next games, slated for 12 o'clock kickoff. Number 24, Louisville versus number 21, Pitt. This is an interesting matchup. Louisville's coming off of a 47-34 loss to the University of Miami. I mean, but quarterback Malik Cunningham played about as well as you could play for a quarterback in the college level. He's coming off of back-to-back 300-plus yard performances and three touchdowns in both of the, of the past two games. It's really going to come down to the defense. The defense has let up 21 points against Western Kentucky and then 47 points against the University of Miami. It's it's going to be interesting. I would not be surprised to see uh, offense strike early for Louisville. And what's interesting about this matchup, it's really a strength versus strength team. You have uh, Louisville's offense, which is incredibly explosive. But you have Pitt's defense, which is top 10 in the nation this year so far through two games. I mean, their defense is allowed only 154 yards per game through two games. And they're the top rushing defense at 26. Think about that. 26 yards, rushing yards per game. I mean, that is about as good as you can get defensively. That puts you in the upper echelon and should be a contending team for the college football playoff. The problem is, is that Pitt's offense has struggled mightily. Last week against Syracuse, they lost two turnovers, missed three field goals. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough riding game, but I would expect Malik Cunningham to carry this offense to another great offensive performance. Uh, I have Louisville winning this game 38, Pitt 29. I think it's going to be a close game, single digits, but I would expect Louisville to pull out in the end. And up next in the 330 window, we have Mississippi State at number six, LSU. LSU finally starts their championship defense against the college football world. Mike Leach makes his huge debut for Mississippi State. I mean, this guy's about as prolific an offensive coach as you could ask for. And a huge key for Mississippi State will be KJ Costello. He's a transfer from Stanford. Um, and he has a pretty good arm. He's averaged uh, about 240 yards in his 25 starts at Stanford. 
Um, he, he totally, he total threw for 6,000 yards uh, during his career at Stanford, but I think he's going to be really unlocked this game. I mean, Mike Leach is a known pass-happy guy. He averaged 31% rushing and 69% passing during his time at Washington State. Um, And he's only failed to reach over 35 points a game in seven seasons out of his 18 in his career. That's very impressive. And now you look at the other side of the ball with LSU. Jamar Chase, star wide receiver Jamar Chase has opted out. And uh, star defensive tackle Tyler Shelvin also opted out uh, this year due to COVID concerns. Uh, Quarterback Miles Brennan comes in and tries to succeed Joe Burrow after a pure electric uh, season from Joe Burrow, one of the best that college football has ever, ever seen. And I think it's going to be a typical uh, LSU reload, but their offensive line needs improvement. Their offensive line was their only weakness last year. It ranked number 30, according to Pro Football Focus. And surprisingly, Joe Burrow did not get enough time to throw in the pocket or could have gotten much more if their offensive line improved over the season. Uh, But I'm actually going to make the shocking pick and take Mississippi State. I think that offense is going to explode, and I think that they're going to put up points in bunches. And I'm not sure if LSU's offense is going to be able to recover to return some of those haymakers coming at them. So I got Mississippi State 45, LSU 35. Um, And yeah, that's my big shocker for this week. And uh, I may be proven wrong. I'm likely to be proven wrong. But I'm going to go with my gut here. I'm going to ride with Mike Leach on this one. And I'm going to take him by 10. And now I'm just going to give you guys some quick hitting bets. Uh, Now for my next game uh, that I'm going to be looking at. Number 8, Texas versus Texas Tech. Is this the year? Is this the year? where head coach of Texas, Tom Herman, finally proves himself as a head coach of this Longhorns program. Now, we've said this multiple seasons before where Texas Tech has a great recruiting class and then we're going to say that, oh, they're finally back, the Longhorns are back, you know, that they'll finally repeat what they did in 06 against USC in the Rose Bowl, but that just hasn't been the case so far. Over the past three seasons, Tom Herman has only produced one double-digit win season, which ended up as a win in the Sugar Bowl. That's great, but a big program like Texas, the University of Texas, expects much more than just one double-digit win season over three years. Now, I get that he's trying to succeed the legacy of legendary head coach Mac Brown, but it's it's tough. It's a tough job to do. And he has had great recruiting classes, but he's failed to produce with his teams. Like, I just don't know if Tom Herman is the right coach for Texas, but this is the year that he could prove me 100% wrong and could finally vault them into the college football playoff. They're already starting in a good spot at number eight so far this season. I mean, their offensive line has to improve this year. It was ranked number 29 last year, according to Pro Football Focus. I think that, you know, it's it could be a trap game for Texas. I think we have seen those games before in years past where Texas is coming in, riding off momentum. Okay, this is the year that we finally get back on track and get the program going and winning again. But I would not be surprised if Texas Tech, who is coming off of a an inch away win, against Houston Baptist of all teams. I would not be surprised if this is a trap game and Texas Tech surprises uh, University of Texas this week. Now, 
Sam Ellinger last week, quarterback for Texas, looked amazing. He looked fantastic. 25 for 33, 426 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, what more do you want from the guy? This is this is what a proven starting quarterback looks like. Now, a key player for Texas Tech will be Sir Roderick Thompson. And yes, that is his, is his name. And I apologize if I mispronounced it terribly. I really do not know, but I'm going with my gut on that one. Um, Thompson will play, and he was a huge contributor to their win against Houston Baptist. He rushed for 118 yards and two touchdowns on 22 carries, and I think he's going to be another massive component to this Texas Tech offense this week, which is why I would not be surprised if this game turns into an absolute Big 12 shootout. Now, the problem with that is is that history is working against Texas Tech this week. Um, the Red Raiders haven't won against Texas since 2008. Now, that feels like a lifetime ago, given that that was the last time the Phillies won a World Series. I mean, um, it's it's been a minute since the Red Raiders have somehow won against the Longhorns. And I would not be surprised if Texas Tech does come out swinging in this one because I think they are looking at like this is an in-state rivalry game we're going to come out and give everything that we got and we're going to throw some haymakers because Texas may be thinking that they're going to cruise into Lubbock and get a win an easy win over by halftime and I think the Red Raiders are eager to prove that that is not the case now that being said, I do expect Texas to win this game, but I think it's going to be very close, and I think it's going to turn into a Big 12 shootout that we all love as fans. Um, Texas 53, Texas Tech 50. I think that is going to be the final score. I seriously hope Gus Johnson is calling this game because I want to hear that beautiful voice screaming about touchdowns and interceptions and all the big plays. And I think it's going to be a great game. And I'm expecting a big over on this game. I think it's going to be a big shootout. And it's going to be exciting to see how this in-state rivalry turns out in the Lone Star State. Now, those were just my five biggest games that I'm watching uh, this weekend, Uh, and there are some quick-hitting games that I do want to cover just for the classic gamblers out there. So my first game, 3.30 p.m. kickoff, 22 Army against number 14 Cincinnati. Now, Army's coming off of a win against UL Monroe, and in their opener, they beat Middle Tennessee State. Not highly competitive teams, but Cincinnati hasn't really faced a competitive team yet. They're 1-0. They beat Austin P. State University in their opener. Uh, And I think that Cincinnati still is going to find a way just because I trust Cincinnati more than I do Army. But Army is favored, or excuse me, Army is not favored. Scratch that. Uh, Cincinnati is favored by 13. The over-under is at 45. I would expect this game to be a slugfest. I think that it's going to be one in the trenches. I would hammer that under, and I would take Army plus 13. I think that's a bit too heavy, and I think that Army can keep this game close if they turn it into a heavy run game in the trenches. Another game at 330, uh, West Virginia versus 15 Oklahoma State. I think that Mike Gundy has this team geared up, ready to go, and he also has his hair geared up and ready to go. That mullet is gorgeous. If you have not seen it, 
highly recommend Googling Mike Gundy hair and you're going to be blessed. So big component for Ohio, excuse me, not Ohio State, sorry, Oklahoma State will be, of course, running back Chubba Hubbard, who has uh, powered this Cowboys offense most of the year so far. I mean, Oklahoma State's coming off of a scare, really, against Tulsa. It was a 16-17, or not 16-17, 16-7 win against Tulsa. West Virginia hasn't necessarily played huge opponents yet. These teams are both coming in 1-0. I mean, West Virginia played Eastern Kentucky last week. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how these teams face face off this week. I think that Oklahoma State minus 6.5 is fair, maybe a little too heavy, but um West Virginia plus 210 money line is pretty generous. I would hit that and the over under a 51 and a half. I think this game will be um very much under just because Oklahoma State only put up 16 against Tulsa and West Virginia did put up 56 but against an Eastern Kentucky team that isn't the quality defense that uh compared to Oklahoma State. So I would definitely hit those bets. Um my next game, uh, this is the last one is Florida State versus Number 12 ranked University of Miami. This game kicks off at 7.30. De'Ara King is on a roll. He's looking like an early Heisman candidate. I mean, Miami is favorited by 11. The over-under is at 54. Florida State isn't a slouching team, though, Mike. But a big variable in this game is Mike Norvell, head coach of Florida State. He has tested positive for COVID-19, so he will not be traveling with the Seminoles to face the Hurricanes. I mean... I didn't really give them much of a shot this year anyway, or excuse me, this game with Norvell after they only put up 13 points against a Georgia Tech squad that was pretty mediocre on defense. But still, um, I think that University of Miami and Derek King are going to light up the scoreboard, not necessarily hit the over at 54, but I would be su- would not be surprised if this game ends up in the 40s, uh, maybe 50s, but I'm not expecting that much. I don't think Florida State's offense can match the U's firepower, and I would take uh, the University of Miami Hurricanes in this one. Although I would take you on the spread. It's minus 11. I think they're going to put up points in bunches, and I think their defense will be improved coming into this week. So that that wraps up my five games to watch this week in college football and my quick hitting bets. Uh, I had a fun time doing this episode and prepping for this episode. Uh, I hope we can keep this going and hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, Share it with your friends, family, whoever. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening and catch you guys tomorrow when I publish my NFL week three picks. Don't miss it. Uh, Keep an eye out and have those notifications turned on. Thanks. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms as well as podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, Your subscription and follows mean just as much as you actually playing the episode. Uh, Thanks again for listening. And I hope that you guys have a great rest of your day and hopefully you enjoyed this one. So 